Welcome to the Sisters Surviving Motherhood podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Wendy. In this podcast, we talk about topics like parenting, no spoilers there, but also topics like health and creativity, productivity, and career, all from the perspective of regular moms just trying to survive another day, and maybe, maybe even thrive. Join us as we share our trials and triumphs and remind our audience as well as ourselves that we are in this together. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Um, This is Jennifer. I am here with Wendy. And today we thought it would be really fun to talk about books. Both Wendy and I really love to read and over, you know, our 30 plus years on this earth, we have read a lot of books and we really love talking about books to each other. So we thought we would record a podcast about some of our favorite books, um, what we're reading lately, and try to include a variety of kinds of books that we're going to talk about today. So we'll just start with positive, wonderful vibes and talk about our favorite books. We're not going to do all-time favorite book of all time anytime we've read it. That's just too hard. But we will talk about a few of our favorites. Wendy, would you like to get us started with three of your, or two to three of your favorite books? Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of will start by kind of giving an idea of my reading history. I have always really liked reading, even at a younger age. I remember, of course, in like, junior high. I'm sure almost everybody in school had this where, you know, sometimes you have these reading challenges where you finish so many books, you get so many points. I remember, I think it was maybe seventh grade where like the main prize was at Casey's Pizza, whoever got the most books in the summer. When we came back to school and I loved Casey's Pizza, I was so excited. So I and I read like so many books that summer, crazy amount, did not need to read that many. And then I did get that free pizza, but I will say that's probably where my book loving mindset started because I remembered how happy, how happy I was all summer reading and prior to that, I pretty much only read what I had to read for school. But that definitely kind of pushed me into wanting to read for my myself. Since then, I have had, you know, ebbs and flows of reading. Sometimes I get so busy and don't pick up a book for what seems like six months, maybe. And then other times I'll go through five books in a week. And it's literally one of my favorite forms of escapism. Healthy or not, like if I'm kind of struggling in day-to-day life for any reason, I know I could pick up a book, and while I'm reading, I am so happy. So I I definitely read a lot more now, you know, working from home. You know, I have a family where I can't really go out and have all these adventures myself. And I feel like, of course, books are a good way to do that, even, even at home, as cliche as that sounds. <laughs> Use your book to have an adventure. Well, it's because it's true. As far as my all-time faves... Uh, These are all fiction. I will say I read a lot more fiction than nonfiction. And the genres that I kind of am drawn to are very similar. I really like a good mystery. I like something that's going to surprise me at some point in the book. 
And I'm not one for like romance novels or necessarily a lot of like action. I'm not really a huge fantasy uh, book lover, but I feel like I like to have an open mind with all genres. But one author that has really, really made an impact on me, who I've just absolutely loved almost everything she's done, is Kate Morton. And I know this is going to be like, oh, me too, for Jennifer, because our family loves Kate Morton books. But she has so many good ones. And I know our like fave does differ. So that's, that's nice that it does differ. But of course, I like all of them. But the first one I ever read of hers was The Distant Hours. And that's the one that I feel like if I had to choose my favorite, it'd be that one. Not necessarily because I think it's so much better than her other books, but because it just made like a bigger impact when I was reading it. Because it is about three sisters. And even kind of the personalities of all the sisters had, there were pieces that really felt like true to even us, where the youngest and the middle and the eldest. And I don't know, I just read it and I, and I really, really liked it. Kate Morton does a great job of storytelling. She's Australian, right? Not British, yep. Australian. Yeah, Australian. I just love how she talks. I love how she tells a story. There's always a bit of, not fantasy, but just kind of a bit of mystery in the way she tells a story. Something that makes it special. And I feel like all of her books, there is like a surprise ending kind of twist that you're waiting for through throughout. Yeah. And I definitely did not guess it on that one. And yeah, I really liked it. Um, you've read it, Jen. Yeah, have yeah I have it. Up? I mean, I have yeah. all the books at the moment. It's the only author that I have all of her books. Of course, she hasn't written a ton. Um, so it's more manageable. But that was one of my favorites. Um, you know, her earlier books are my favorites, you know, at this point. And I don't know if I reread them, if it would still be that way or not. But, mm -hmm. you know, my favorite was The Forgotten Garden. And it's probably because I read it first. Kind of yeah. like you. You know, it's the, my first toe in the water. It was completely clueless as to who this was and what kind of book it was. I just grabbed it because of the cover and I, but I really loved it. And so it left a big impression on me for sure. Yeah. Definitely suggest her books. Absolutely. I would love to own all of them. I would love to be a book owner. I, I feel like I have some, kind of a random assortment of books I've purchased, but we're talking like 10 or less that I've purchased myself. As some of them I've gotten as gifts, but I would love to have like a, a wall of, you know, very Beauty yeah. and the Beast feel with a ladder that goes up and like all these books. Like that over I love. a doorway, you know, <laughs> in your house. Just library, please. Ah, <laughs> uh, someday. But um, so my next pick, and of course, me and Jen both had a big struggle trying to just narrow it down. In preparation for this episode, I have a whole Word document of like, oh, this one. Oh, well, I really like that one. Oh, I got to talk about this one. So as much as I tried, I did condense it. Another one that I always look back to by one that I absolutely loved is Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. 
it is a classic. I it's super long. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It's definitely not like a mystery. You know, it's very, you know, historical fiction type feel, but it is so good. They made like a TV miniseries. Was it BBC? Maybe? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, like British actors. I don't know if it was that or not, but yeah, yeah I remember the series. But it is, the series was was good. Of course, the book is way better. It does take a bit of a commitment because it's <laughs> over a thousand pages. It does take time. It is an annoying book to have to carry around. It's gigantic. But uh, the character development in it, just the story, it's kind of rough in places. But there's, I don't know, I feel like there's a bit of everything. And I actually really do like his writing. And I was pretty, I was much younger when I read it, maybe early 20s. And I have, I've thought about re- reading it again. But yeah. it's so hard for me to read a book again when I feel like there's so many other books that I haven't read that I want to read. Yeah. And, but that's definitely a really good one. And then the third slot was really hard to pick. But another author that we absolutely love, who happens to be Australian, Leanne Moriarty. I felt like I had to pick one of hers, and I love all of her books. But I would say if I was going to like reread one right now, where I am in life, what I'm looking for when I read a book, it would have to be Nine Perfect Strangers. And... I love so many of her books, but I really, really enjoyed this one. I will say the, I think it's Hulu, the yeah. Hulu little TV mini series they made that's kind of, you know, based on the book was not my cup of tea. If you've watched that, but haven't read the book, I would highly suggest you read the book. I feel like the book was way better, which is normally the case, but it was also very different Um, In a lot of ways. So it wouldn't, I don't feel like it would ruin anything by watching it first and reading the book. If anything, the other way around would ruin it because you're wondering what they did and why. (laughs) But it's always better to watch first and then read. I know. You know, if you can. It's hard though because that's not how it comes out. You know, the books are always out first and then the movies. But anyway, I loved that one. You know, it was hard because Hypnotist Love Story is another book by Leanne Moriarty that's so good. But there was something about The Nine Perfect Strangers, and maybe it's because of where the book plot took place. Was that kind of like a mental health retreat? I don't know what it's even called, but like a retreat. Yeah, like a a really expensive. Yes. Like the dream, right? (laughs) Just want to check out, go somewhere for seven days and just make your food and you feel amazing. Yes. You know, I think something too about that. And it's funny because you said what I would reread like right now. I chose the same one. I don't know if that's my favorite of hers, but I think another, it's just like you said, it's kind of escapism because the descriptions are just amazing. Also, I don't know if she's really the main character, but the Francis, the mm-hmm. author character, is just so delightful in the book. I just am so happy to be spending time with her. 
And I would love to have her as a friend. So reading that kind of makes me feel, or it made me feel at the time that I was visiting friends while I was reading it. And it's a great book if you like the type where you kind of follow multiple people's perspectives. It's, it switches, you know, first person uh, to each, each character pretty much. And I, I like that myself. But yeah, I would say those are my top three that came to mind today for my all-time favorite fiction. And I did, me and Jen actually were talking about this right before we started, trying to think of like books we absolutely loved as very young people. So me kind of like in junior high when all this started. And this this is a book back in 1998. And it's called The Transcell Saga by Gary Paulson. And it's literally the book. If I had to answer the question, what was your favorite book of all time as a younger person, you know, before you graduated high school? And this book would definitely be it. It's by no means a difficult book to read. It was probably like below my reading level when I read it. But who cares? It was it was just so good. And I am definitely going to reread it now as an adult, and I really hope it holds up. But yeah, if you haven't read it, or if you maybe have kids who are in junior high, I know, you know, I have a stepson who is about, you know, 10 and a half, and I am going to get him this book because I feel like he would really like it. Um, It's hard because it's definitely no Harry Potter, which is what he's obsessed with. Um, Did you read the Harry Potter books, Jen? No, no, I do plan on doing it though. Um, I I figure Finley, my son, is my way in on that one because I've been kind of I don't I guess not encouraging him to read Harry Potter, but he seemed pretty interested in it thanks to his cousin Ben coming you know coming to a family dinner talking about it and he started getting into it. So I ended up getting the book from the library and my idea over the summer was to read to him for part of the day, <laughs> just like like reading time, which completely backfired. <laughs> I It sounded like, a, you know, slam dunk, but he just hated the idea. <laughs> and he just did not want that to happen. He did not want me to read. You know, he likes to read picture books. So yeah. he can see the pictures and he just had no interest whatsoever. And in the end, I think it kind of made him less interested in Harry Potter oh, because no. he he was so resistant to the idea of me reading anything like that to him. That is so sad because I feel like I grew up romanticizing reading books to children because, you know, you see it in all the old movies where grandpas or, you know, I almost think of yeah. Princess Bride like every yeah. time. How I would love to like read a book like Charlotte's Web or or something to my young children, but I swear it's technology, Jen. It's technology. They don't want to sit there and you have to imagine what's going on in a book when they can be doing other things that are much more grabbing of their attention. But yeah, maybe maybe in a a year or two he'll he'll change his mind. Well, yeah, because I mean, even in that movie, you know, Princess Bride. That kid was older. And he didn't um, even want him to read it. Well, that's true. He was sick. He couldn't get out of bed. That's so actually, that should have been my tip off that this wasn't going to work out. 
<laughs> Whoops. Oh, well, oh my I had good intentions, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not completely giving up or feeling like it's never going to happen. You know, yeah. I still might read Harry Potter, but it probably won't be because I'm sitting down to read it by myself. It'll be because I'm reading it with Finley. I mean, it's a big commitment if you want to go through all the books because yeah. some of them are extremely long. I haven't seen all the movies. Neither um, have I. But I, I mean, I would like to. I would like to be included. I feel like I just want to be in the loop with everybody else. Yeah, like everybody talks about it and it'd be nice to have read it. Another thing, you know, I could also do is just like do audiobooks while we're like driving somewhere. That's true. You know, That'd like vacation or something, just do one of the books yeah. in the car now that he's older and can kind of listen. As far as, and I know this isn't necessarily part of our uh, talking points, but a series that I do really want to go through at some point is The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I would really like to do that. So that's definitely on my list of to-dos within the next at least five years. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll do some of my favorite. We'll stay on the positive side of things, and I'll do a few books that I really loved. The first book that came to mind when you talk about favorite books for me is called Trist. It's by Ellsworth Thane. I'm looking at it right now. I can see that it was written like 1980 or something. I just loved that book. I honestly think I've read it three times. I don't, I'm not a book rereader, um, but... I have read this book a few times. It's it's got to be the, you know, top of the list. And yeah. there is just something about the vibe. Um I think that's probably my favorite part is the the mood of the book, the way that she writes the story. You really get attached to the characters and it's a bit supernatural because there's a ghost. One of the characters is a ghost. So I guess that would put it <laughs> It's a fantasy or a supernatural. It is not a horror type of um, type, type of book. It's just the characters I felt like were really relatable, and and it just yeah the whole world that she builds. I Elswith Thane is one of my favorite authors. I've read almost all of her books. I never hear about her. The only reason that I knew about her was because of our grandma. She had a bunch of her books, and I started reading them, and I've loved them all. I just really did. I, I don't. I don't think I've read one that I didn't like. I just really like her writing style, and this this book is probably my favorite of her books. I remember and, yeah. she gave me that book to read at one point. I was staying at her house or something. I can't remember, yeah. but you had mentioned it already, so you had already read it, and I read it, and I did. I, yeah, I loved it. It's just kind of like a feel, a feel of it that's just yeah. very, you know, very easy to get wrapped up in. And you're sad when it's over. It's like, yeah, the, the mini book depression that comes when you read a really good book. Yeah. And but it's not a super I, big book or long book. You know, it's yeah. it's pretty small. And, um, you know, the main character, I think she what was like 16 years old or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we can, I feel like no matter how old you get, or at least so far, I'm 39 at this moment. I feel like I could always relate to a 16-year-old girl in some way. Like, part of me is still 16. Will always be. <laughs> you know, and you give me a story about, you know, a 16-year-old maybe finding happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, that just, like, gets me because somewhere in there, I'm still, I can remember that feeling of 16. Yeah. And, and I can relate sense. to that, you know. 
Um, so, yeah, oh. I would definitely recommend that book. It's one of my favorite books. Okay, so we've got the first one. And what's your second? Okay, um, second would be Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I um, forgot about book. I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I... I loved it. I loved this book. Um, I was I was super sad when it ended. She has not, to my knowledge, written anything else. Wow. Um, I wouldn't I think either. it was her first book. I would then... just like, yeah, go out with the best book ever and just sail. <laughs> like, yeah, I think she plans on writing. I mean, I should probably I guess I should look it up right now. But um, I know at the end of Eleanor Oliphant, she had said that she wouldn't write another about Eleanor that she was going to move on with other characters so I'm assuming she's still writing but I just loved it I loved Eleanor I mean I absolutely loved her and it's funny because the the character of Eleanor is a little different like if you met her in person she would be slightly different you would think might not like her right away right if she was in your office you know, you may not be her best friend, but reading a book from her perspective was just like a breath of fresh air. I don't know. I just loved it. I loved, I loved being inside her head. Um, and just the, you know, just the story itself. I felt like it, it was funny, um, but it also had some really deep, you know, heavy moments that, just made the book into, like I said, one of my all-time favorite books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's one of those that I've given, I bought from a like a used bookstore. I, I, when I see a book that I've absolutely loved and it's like two bucks, I definitely gotta, buy it. Gotta do it. You know? Yeah. Even if I know, I may never read it again. It's funny because we just talked about reading multiple times. You know, and I'm not really a rereader normally, and I don't know that I'll ever reread Eleanor. But it's still, you know, it's still one of my favorite books. And if anybody just wants something, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, I would consider it a positive, lighthearted story for the most part. Yeah. Um, but she is a human being, so she has her own demons. But it's just a very satisfying read, I guess, for I anybody interested in that. Last book for my three would be... I'm going to do what you did and find something that when I was younger, I really loved. Walk Two Moons by Sharon Creech, I think is the author. And I read this in high school. So not like super young. I wasn't in junior high. I'm pretty sure I wasn't in junior high. I think I was in high school. But maybe freshman, you know, still pretty young. I loved this book. I cried. This might have been one of the first books I ever read that I cried at the end of the book. And again, the main character is a girl. I think she's, I mean, I don't think she's a teenager. I think maybe she's like junior high age. And just the story of her, I guess it's kind of a coming of age story. You know, it's her and her father. She lost her mother when she was young. And I just, I really loved the the storyline. And I feel like at the end, there was a slight like I don't know if it was a twist ending, but it was just like, a, oh, I realized what, I realize now what she's thinking. Or, you know, I just loved it. You know, it's got little, little stories within it. You know, her first kiss and little, you know, things like that. But 
this is the other book I've read more than once. Mm-hmm. I think this is it. I don't think I've read any other books more than once. Just this one and Trist. And I've read this one twice, you know, not so it wasn't like. It sounds so familiar. And it it could be because I knew you really liked it back in the day. But I can't, like, I'd have to read the summary. Um, yeah. But I think I did read it as well. It just it just sounds really familiar. Yeah. I really, like I said, I really loved it. I'm seeing that my... <laughs> My three books, you know, have female protagonists working through <laughs> working through things. Another thing I have realized, and I'll get more into this with our next topic as far as books go, but, you know, a book with a character that I can somewhat relate to is going to be a book I'm probably going to like. And I definitely, I loved, loved the main characters in the three books that I chose. Yeah. So... It makes sense. Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess I'm probably like most people. The next kind of category, I guess, that we kind of wanted to touch is books that maybe you didn't like so much or a book that sticks out as something maybe that you wanted to like but didn't or that doesn't mean that other people aren't going to love it, but just wasn't for you. I'll start. (laughs) I... (laughs) This was actually really hard because I I feel like I have read so many books in the last year, and there's definitely a handful that were just, eh, you know, where I wouldn't necessarily suggest them to somebody, but I did finish them, but I wasn't, like, super into it, and by the end, I was just wishing I had picked up a different book, and so it was kind of hard for me to pick which one to talk about, but this book... I was not really a fan of, I didn't really like the main characters, and I feel like I've heard so many people bring it up as this iconic book, and a book that, you know, is very, people suggest quite often, whether it's on social media, or even people that I've talked to, and that is The Paper Palace by Miranda Crowley Heller. Crawley, Crowley, Crawley. I think it's Crawley. Kind of like the the character in Sing. Miss Miss Crawley. Miss Crawley. Is that her name? <laughs> Sorry. Off topic. Okay. The Paper Palace. Jen, have you read it? No. And honestly, I haven't even heard about it. I don't know. I think it's a more recent, like I mean, back when I watched TikTok, it would pop up a lot on people's like top five books, right? Top five suggestions. And it's kind of in the same category as all of my other recent favorite fiction where, you know, there's a little bit of a mystery to it. You're trying to figure out what happened or what's going to happen or anything like that. But man, I just did not like it. I didn't really like the style of writing. I really didn't like the main character. And at the end, when I think I'm supposed to be happy for the main characters that end up together, I wasn't. I kind of wish they didn't. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, and I feel like this is one of those things where a lot of other people might be like, what are you talking about? This is such a good book. But yeah, uh, kind of probably an unpopular opinion. I just didn't like it. What about you? Do you have one recent or kind of not so recent that you just didn't like? I have one that's very recent. I, <laughs> I it's I read it within the last couple of weeks. And I'm I belong to a book club. I love my book club. It's the dream. It is, it is one of my favorite 
things in life <laughs> the last year. I, you know, I, it was the first book club I've ever joined. You know, I think I joined about a year or so ago. We meet in the tea shop. I just love going. It is the highlight of my month every month. And um, because of the book club, I read books that I haven't necessarily chosen. Yeah. Because I we're going to discuss it. And I love discussing books so much that I will read anything, almost anything, <laughs> almost anything, okay, to be able to be in on this discussion and have a reason to buy a cup of tea and sit at a nice table in a comfy tea shop and talk to some ladies. So, unfortunately, 70% of the books we read, I do not like. So it was kind of a hard, hard book to pick. Um, Too many options. You know, so I'm just choosing the last one I read. And part of the reason I'm choosing this one is because I really did want to like it. I love the title. The title is The Unfortunate Side Effects of Heartbreak and Magic. That does sound like really good. I love the title. I love the the book cover. Now, I'm not a big fantasy reader. I don't read a lot of books that are about people with magical abilities. I mean, I did read Twilight, so (laughs) there's that. Um, I read all of those. So I do break out of the mold. Like you said, it's good to keep an open mind. But generally speaking, most of my books are kind of realistic, you know, books. And a lot of the books we've been reading for this book club are, they have some form of magic in them. Interesting. Um, like we read Practical Magic, which I really hated as well. But Whoa. Just about that. the thing about this book that really did it for me, I mean, there is the magical element, which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me reading hmm. it. Like I didn't get completely on board with the rules of this magic. That's my big problem is if... If I think there's rules that they're not consistent, right? You can have your fantasy lands, but it has to make sense in it my reality. It has to have rules. It has to make sense to me. If there is a curse, it has to make sense to me. Like, yeah. you know, if it can only be broken this way, then you can't find a loophole this way, right? That was the practical magic thing that really got me. And I probably should have chosen that book because people have heard of it, but in the curse with that one, I go back. We've read all the Practical Magic series, pretty much. So she did Practical Magic first, and then she did two prequels, like oh. 20 years later. And we read those first, so we read them in order. And there was one of the books, the curse was that the the main characters could not fall in love. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, their love interest would die. Or, I've seen you know. the, the movie trailer, but that's all I know about it, is what yeah. you just said. And I think that that's also, yeah, the movie. So she kind of fleshes it out when she writes the prequels. And one of the characters gets around this by pretend, like, her and her lover don't get married. They don't move in together. And they pretend like they're not together in public. <laughs> but they love each other. They just don't say it. Right? She just doesn't say, I love you. But she loves him. He loves her. They are in a committed relationship. They just don't look like it to the outside world. This bugs me. Well, yeah. Because a curse doesn't care what your neighbor sees. (laughs) Right? It doesn't care. It doesn't care what words you use. (laughs) Surely the curse is 
is Surely. smarter. And that just ruined the whole book for me. So anyway, in this case, um, there is a curse. And the big curse seems to be that the main character has to have... Well, if, it, if she has three heartbreaks, she'll lose her magic. Oh. Right. Um, which took me a while to actually even understand that's what it was. I thought she could either have magic and have to have three heartbreaks or give up her magic and not have any is what I thought, which I guess was wrong. Halfway through the book, I realized this was wrong. Um, so there's the rules thing with the magic thing. If I feel like it's not working out, it's going to really bug me. Second thing, which probably is the first thing is the character. I did not like her at all. I did not. And, and I guess, you know, after reading this book is when I really realized I have got to like the, the protagonist in yeah. some way. I have got to have some relatability with them. Otherwise, it is a slog to read when you are in somebody else's head and they, are just, they seem to you to be a certain way and you just, just want to shake them and just be like, you're being stupid. Like, this is a stupid thought. Yeah. Um, can't you see? You are 30 years old <laughs> in this book. You do not need to be thinking this way, you know. It just it just crawled by. I think this was one of the hardest books I've ever read for the book. Oh, gosh. Because I just, like you said, you are happy when you're reading because mm. you're, you've That's why you read. And with this book, every thought she had almost made me cringe. And, you know, just, yeah, the way she saw the world, it was very difficult for me to just like back up and say, hey, not everybody's like you, Jennifer. This is about somebody that doesn't see the world the way you do, you know. But I just didn't, <laughs> just, I, w I wouldn't, I didn't understand. The other really hard thing about this book for me was that the other characters, every other character in the book seemed likable. <laughs> every other character seemed to be somewhat normal That's in the way they are. thought about the world. It was just this one character that seems to be completely weird. And, you know, her big thing was, I mean, she was really attached to her magic. So there's that. But she, it was, she was like a martyr. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like in, in life you meet people sometimes that are doing, like, so much. And they're telling you how much they're doing for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And how they, you know, they don't have any time for themselves, which <laughs> we like to talk about. Um, well, yes. <laughs> but in general, like, they're just, you can see that they, they're really attached to the fact that they are suffering to it's make others their identity. happy. Yeah, it's part of their identity. And that is the, the main theme. And that is the theme of this book with this woman. Gotcha. Um, so I do not recommend when I read it again. To go to book club? Oh, of course I would. I would. <laughs> Honestly, I was the, the thought I love of the this book, book club, club so much. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would read anything. I would read like a sports nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. Like I would do anything. You know. But... And another thing that's interesting to me, of course, with books like this, you know, and I feel like this belongs to a certain kind of genre of book because a lot of the characters I don't like when you know in these kinds of books, but. I love listening to other people that like the book yeah. telling me why. I'm just really interested in that because I feel like, oh, how could anybody love this book? And then I go to book club and I leave thinking, they all loved it, you know, and I like them. I like them. <laughs> so I feel like it's probably good for me 
I'm not just reading books I wouldn't normally read just to do it. Like I True. have a, a reward at the end. Yeah. And so it's allowing me to maybe expand slightly. But, but yeah, that, that would be, I obviously have a lot more thoughts about this book than my favorite books. Should we, should we do our recent favorite at the end to be like our favorite oh, that's a good idea. moment thing that we yeah, do? We'll save that then, for a good ending. Yeah. Let's do nonfiction. I am not a primarily nonfiction reader. I do definitely want to read more nonfiction, but I will say when when your main reason for reading is escapism, it's sometimes it is, it is hard to choose nonfiction depending on the book, and in, unless you're trying to learn something specific, like um, that. That's kind of where my nonfiction favorites have come up. And I, I just have two that I want to kind of talk about. Um, and then, well, I'll, I'm very, very curious to see, to hear your nonfiction. Because <laughs> I feel like you've probably read a lot more nonfiction than me or listened uh, with Audible. But um, <laughs> because my list is so small, this wasn't hard for me to choose. I chose the, the two out of three <laughs> that I had. Um, listed, but one nonfiction book that I actually really enjoyed. I I didn't read it physically. I just did the. the I got it on Audible. Um, when it comes to nonfiction, I feel like I would prefer Audible to be able to to hear it while I'm doing other things. When it comes to fiction, though, I know a lot of people love listening to Audible or you know any type of audiobooks when it comes to fiction as well. But I just don't. I really want to have that time just just to focus on the book and to do all the imagining in my mind and just focus in on it and if I'm listening to it I will be doing other things I that's just me like I have to multitask if I'm just listening to something but if I'm having to read it on the page I can really get into it and and savor the the book reading experience so nonfiction though I'm okay just listening to it and uh, I will say this is something that I'm sure will come up on a future episode of the podcast. Yes, please. But Jennifer and I both have been just wishing and thinking and planning and trying, well, maybe not so much the trying, but wanting to do some sort of side hustle or some sort of entrepreneurial like endeavor, right? Mm. And We've, we've tried things in the past. I'm sure we will both try things in the future. But this book was suggested, of course, by social media to me back in the day when I wanted, not really back in the day, like last year, when I wanted to kind of go down that road. And I'm like, I just want to build something of my own, even if it's just side hustle type of money. And uh, the book is Two Weeks Notice by Amy Porterfield. I feel like she is very easy to listen to. She is very, you know, she, she really speaks like a teacher. So it's not necessarily like you're hearing it from a friend, but I feel like it's the perfect type of narrative that I need when trying to learn something business related. I like how she lays out the book. She really includes like step-by-step stuff. There's worksheets that I haven't done, but I really enjoyed it. So that's definitely one of the nonfiction books, like I said, not many to choose from, but I did like that one. And I do plan on listening to it again. 
I feel like nonfiction yeah. is one of those that I tend to listen to it multiple times because it's a lot of information and I probably don't get it the first time through because I'm multitasking. Let's be honest. And the second one, and this one is just very out there. And I really fell down the rabbit hole with this and I still find it extremely interesting. And it is Human Design by Jenna Zoe. Jenna is British. So we've got that going for us in the audiobook. I love listening to her. She's got an, a great voice. And it's very, so the Human Design book is kind of centered around living the way that you were born to live. And you know, a lot of people are very familiar with zodiac signs, with, uh, astrology. This is kind of taking, you know, that and other historical like practices and putting them together to kind of guide you to learn more about yourself, maybe find out why you feel certain ways, why your personality the way it is is, is the way it is. And it's very it's not as like hokey as it sounds. <laughs> I swear, I have like pulled my entire family into this. We we spent like two weeks of just like ex- me telling everyone, "Oh, well, you're like this because of this." <laughs> like, Loved it. Know, <laughs> that obnoxious person that reads a book, and then now they like can't help but just drown everyone else in the information. But that's just me. I I I'm, I feel like I do that all the time. But it's very interesting, and I just I, it made me happy. And that's what this is supposed to be, right? You know, it made me happy. I really enjoyed it. I actually did learn a lot from it. And I feel like I know myself a lot better. I don't take things too terribly seriously. But I probably did take this a bit more seriously than people might assume. Uh, But yeah, if you're interested in any type of, you know, astrology or anything else, definitely check out that book. For my third nonfiction, I. I think you might have done this too, Jennifer, but I chose a cookbook because you mentioned a cookbook. <laughs> so well, I just thought it one. would be interesting. You know, it's nonfiction technically. <laughs> right? And not everybody reads cookbooks. And I definitely don't like page through cookbooks as like, I don't know, a hobby <laughs> or like in my free time. It's usually I need to find a recipe. I'm going to find it online. I'm going to make it. But when you said that, I was like, wait. There is one that I absolutely love and I actually purchased and I have in my bookshelf and I return to multiple times and that is The Kind Diet by Alicia Silverstone. So, oh, yeah, I remember clueless. when that came out. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I remember her on a type talk show and just thinking, yeah. gosh, you know, I should look this up. Look at her. If I could look like her, I would eat whatever she's <laughs> yeah. eating. So if those of you who don't know, you know, Alicia Silverstone, uh, you know, main girl in Clueless, she's been in a lot of other things. She kind of really focused her energy on animal rights, uh, environmental stuff, and eating as clean as possible, that sort of thing. And that's kind of what the book is, is based on. And it half of it is kind of like her story and, you know, the research that she did and this and that, which is very interesting to read. And then the last part is recipes. And it's really, really nice to go through. I She's a very likable person. She, she even has like a podcast now 
I think she just has one season out, but I, I've, I've listened to them and I just really like hearing her talk and I like, you know, I feel like we feel the same way about a lot of things and I think she did really good on the cookbook. So huh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I should let, I can lend it to you. Yeah, because I completely forgot about it. <laughs> what about That'd you, Jen? a great cookbook for me to read. Um, okay, I'm going to start with cookbooks since that's what I'm thinking about right now because we've been talking about it. The reason I put this on here as a category is because I've gotten into the habit of reading cookbooks while I'm eating. That's perfect. Um, so, you know, like you have a, I often I would have a magazine. So it's kind of like cookbook or magazine. Not like not a novel, not something I'm going to not be able to like stop reading because, you know. So the cookbooks I've been loving are the ones that do have personal stories. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, they're not just recipes that you have personal stories and there's several that I could have chosen, but the one that I'm going to choose is the homemade kitchen by Alana Chernilla. Um, we'll have all these names and titles in the show notes. Sorry. Sorry, Alana. Sorry, Alana. <laughs> we don't um, know how to say your name. I loved this one. I got it from the library. This is what I do. I just check them out. Like, for me, a cookbook, I will rarely make anything from a cookbook. Like you said, we get online. We just find recipes. And the few cookbooks I've bought, I just never really made anything or maybe just one thing. And mostly as I'm flipping through, 90% of the items don't even look like something I want to mess with. Either they don't look like something I want to eat or I'm too lazy to make them or to, you know, to get this product or whatever. This cookbook, however, I felt like not only did it have personal stories, you know, she talked about her and her kids and their traditions and every recipe had a little story to go with it as far as like when maybe she first made it or when they usually eat it. Very cozy, I guess, cozy reading, but she had several sections of her cookbook that were like basics like there was one spread and this sold it to me honestly I'm gonna buy this book I have checked it out a couple times now I just keep renewing it until they make me bring it back and then I bring it back and I check it out again one spread that's just how to make now this wouldn't work for vegans but how to make your own milk products so like you have milk what can you do with it you can make yogurt which I already do you know I can do that but you can make creme fraiche, which Ooh. if anybody's ever lived in the UK, like I did for a couple of years, creme fraiche is like a staple. It makes everything easier. It's really good. And it's super cheap over there. Over here, if you can find it, which we live in the Midwest, this is difficult to find. If you can even find it, it's going to be expensive for yeah. a very small amount. Apparently, you can just make it, and it, all it is is milk and some buttermilk. Sit it on your counter for 24 hours, and it's done. Wow. That's it. Super easy. You can make sour cream, you know, cream cheese, ricotta, stuff like that. It's fairly simply. And that's what I must have loved about her book, too, was that this stuff isn't difficult. Um, yeah. You know, she's she's created recipes that I feel... I can handle. And like I said, it was kind of story, story included. And it just made me wish that I could go visit her house and sit, you know, and, and have dinner with them because it just seemed so cozy and 
positive, I guess. So there's my cookbook. The next book I'm going to talk about, I also listened on audio. I am exactly the same way as you. I love reading fiction books because audiobook narrators can really drive me nuts. Yes. Um, it does not take much for me to, like, if they try to do voices, I just, it just drives me nuts. I have listened to several fiction books on audiobook for one reason or another, but for the most part, I like to read a, you know, paper book for fiction. For for nonfiction, it doesn't bother me at all. Most of the time, the author reads the book, which I think is great. My favorite at the moment, or my, the one I'm going to say first, is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Or Ooh, Tolle. Again, I haven't heard of this. Show notes. I read this, gosh, it's probably been six years ago or around there. I had heard about him before. Maybe it hasn't been quite six, but I'd heard about, I'd been introduced to him by Jess Lively, now Bella Lively. She also has a podcast that is amazing. She talked about him quite a bit on her podcast. I did look into him at the time. I really just felt like I have no interest in this at all. Um, I don't know why. It just kind of went over my head. No interest. I, I forgot all about him. And then, I don't know, she must have mentioned him again. Like she mentions him quite a bit. And I thought, Okay, let me just listen to his book. I don't know. I don't know. I just gave him another shot, I guess. You know, he must be so lucky. I gave him another shot. But um <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, you're yeah. And I listened to his book which he narrates. I love listening to this man. Oh. Um I don't know why I didn't before cuz I was watching videos before to try to see if I liked, you know. But his voice He's, I think he's German, I think originally. He's German. Just very calm. I love his voice. And I listened to the whole book. And it's mostly the, the crux of the book, and I should read it again because it's been years since I read it, is that our lives are taking place now. And most of our problems that we're thinking about are not actually taking place now. The things that are making us unhappy and anxious and you know, upset are either things that have happened already before or things that we think will happen. That mostly now we're okay. And if we could really just focus on the now, we could actually be happier in general, which again, I just want to be happy. Um, so I, I ended up listening to, to almost all of his books oh, wow. you know, over the course of a period of time, you know, just one after another. A lot of them are available on like library apps, like ebook apps. Yeah, and I love those I just now. listen to him. A lot of the books are literally just him talking to a group of people. Um, oh. Made it into a book, you know, and it's just very refreshing. It just makes me feel better just listening to it something about something that he has seemed to I guess master is a kind of detachment which I really wish that I could master you know but he gives his story to like his own personal story he was very unhappy for most of his life and kind of separates the ego from who you really are 
I guess. Like it's tough. So that, you know, you can see your ego for what it is. It's part of you. It has a job. It's not like it's stupid or something, but that its job is limited and you don't have to listen to it all the time. So I just, I felt like that really changed my life. So that's probably why it's my first, you know, my first book. And like I said, I probably would be good to read it again now that I am older and Sounds like um, something everybody should read. <laughs> I'm going to definitely look it up myself. Yeah, because... and I would I would suggest listening. Yeah, know, listening to it. And like we talk about all the time, we're, we feel so distracted mm-hmm. and so like overwhelmed sometimes with our lives and, and what we perceive, I guess, is, as the weight of our lives. And And if you can, throughout your day, stop and like see what, you're seeing, I guess, like, I have found, like, even just driving to work in the mornings, a lot of times I'm driving to work, I'm either listening to a podcast, or I'm thinking about something. And I barely even realize where I've gone. Yeah, you know, it's like, like you leave the house, and you're like, when did I go around that curve? Like, was I here? Is this okay? Yeah. Is everyone all right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, I made it to work, <laughs> you know, and, and it's hard to remember. But, you know, over the years, because of these books and um, and other, you know, other people, too, I've I've been able to stop myself and be like, OK, let's just pay attention to what I'm seeing or where I am at this moment. Like what's going on right now, which is usually fine. Um, luckily, I am not being tortured or something yeah luckily um, most of the time I'm I'm perfectly fine <laughs> you know and also I think I think it was in the power of now he talked about in the middle of the night you know sometimes when we're having struggles we'll wake up in the middle of the night and your mind just races and everything seems worse than it will at eight o'clock the next morning and he encourages you to just see where you are like where am I I'm in bed. I'm warm. I'm safe. It's quiet. I'm okay right now. You know, maybe tomorrow you're going to have the worst day of your life, but <laughs> right now I'm okay. And can I just like pay attention to that? So, okay, enough, enough on that. Cause I really love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. The last book. And I was kind of going up between two. So I'll just kind of mention them. I'm not going to talk about them a lot. These are not my favorite books of all time or anything like that. I enjoyed them, though. One is called Lessons from Madame Chic. And I'm saying it very American. Um, And I think her name is Jennifer. Oh, gosh, I didn't even write it down. But we'll put it in the show notes. Her name is Jennifer. I know because my name is Jennifer. And she is my age. I think she's exactly my age. She wrote these three books um, inspired by her time in France as a college student. She lived with a family for six months or, you know, for a semester. And it's just her lessons that she learned. And I just, I never thought I loved France. (laughs) But listening to this book and just the food and just the way that she presents it, it just, it just was really, I guess, I don't know, inspiring, but I really enjoyed listening to, I actually, I don't even think I listened to it. I think I actually read this one. Um, I know, crazy. And I ended up buying her books. Like, I think I have them. They're cute. They're small. Cool. She's a mom. Her angle was she went over there. She learned, you know, how they live over there. She came back and became, you know, back to her American self. 
she has children and feels just like, what, what am I doing with my life? And then remembers how the lady of the house did it when she was living in France. Interesting. Um, so that was fun. Another one I listened to, it's called Bringing Up, I would say baby, but you know, it's like the French for baby. Bebe or yeah. B-E-B-E. And I've got, I'll put this in the show notes. I listened to this before I had Finley. So I was pregnant, you know, and I was setting up our house because we moved months before I had him or a couple months before I had him. And I remember, you know, putting together his crib and like doing different things while I was listening to this book. And it's just about how French women do it. (laughs) Like how they, how they have babies, how they sleep train, how they feed them, you know, up to like toddlers and children, you know, and it's just, it's very inspiring. It made me feel like, oh, you know, maybe I can do this after all. Of course, I did not put it into practice most of what I learned. (laughs) It's hard. Um, It's just a different world over there. And, but it was like escapism, like you said. Yeah. Uh, It was nonfiction, but it was really fun to listen to. And I would recommend it, even if you are not a mom. It's just, it's just fun. Just a fun listen or read. It's fun listen, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, I guess that is all of our categories except for what are we da, reading da, da, da. now? Recent favorites. Oh, are we doing what are we reading or now? Recent or favorite. recent favorites? Not what are we, we reading now? Okay, recent favorite. All right. <laughs> um, my recent favorite, and this is pretty recent. I mean, within the last couple months, and this is one that I've already suggested to you, and. It is The Choice by Jillian McAllister. I'm picking it up today. Oh my goodness, what timing. We did I not get to the library. This. It's there waiting for me. <laughs> oh. Okay, this book. I, when we, we've talked at length today about main characters and how we cannot love a book if we cannot relate or enjoy at some, in some way the main character's thoughts and actions okay this book i don't want to give a ton away but it essentially is just focusing on one girl one woman and i think she's in her 20s this is jillian McAllister. i believe is a british author so it does take place in england i think it might be london specifically but i'm not sure i can't remember but it, it gives a different vibe to books i'm sure everyone knows where they're take place you know, the the culture of the author. I love British books. I think you do too. We love Australian and British. There's a little bit of a of a link between them, I feel like, and this one's no different from that. But it's it if if you've ever seen the movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm not saying that that movie should have won an Oscar or anything like that. But I remember watching it and liking the idea of following two paths, depending on one choice or one in, in the movie. It wasn't even her choice. It was just, you know, something that happened, right? Well, something traumatic happens in the very beginning of the book, and she has a choice to make of what to do. And it's a very relatable decision that I feel like you can kind of see both sides and you you have to ask yourself, like, what would I have done? And then it follows both lines, both timelines simultaneously. So chapter two is choice A, chapter three, choice B. And it, it goes back and forth through the whole book. And it is 
just incredible the inner dialogue that the main character has, how she thinks. She's very unique. And if you, the Elephant book, um, Oliphant, I can't even remember how you pronounce it. Eleanor, right? Uh She was a very unique character. And she was a very likable, unique character, but you didn't necessarily like relate and think you were a similar personality necessarily, but she was so great to, to, you know, read about this one, I feel like is very similar where she's unique and you really, really like to hear her thoughts, but then she's also relatable and it's just, it's just so good. I would just, I, I'm not going to go into it anymore because I don't want to give anything away. I cannot wait to see what you think about it. It's not a long book. It's a, it's an, it's a pretty quick read and the ending is not what you think it's going to be at all. But I was completely happy with the ending. And if you would have told me the ending when I was halfway through, I would have been upset. But yeah. by the end, I just felt like this book was just really good. So that yeah. is mine. I can't wait to hear you talk about it. I swear, so like, excited. whenever I read a book that's so good, it's like I have to get my friends or family to read it because I need someone to talk to about it. Like, it's just all this information. I have nowhere to go with it. But what is your recent favorite, Jen? Okay, so, I mean, we are quite similar in our, our book tastes. This one takes place in England. And it is one of a series of books that I love. I've loved all of them. They all get five stars for me. It's called The Last Devil to Die, (laughs) Thursday Murder Club number four by Richard Osman. Again, this man, he just came out with the first Thursday Murder Club book. Never written a book before. Amazing. I love his narration. I feel like I would want to be friends with him. Yeah. This guy writing this book because I love... I love it. All the characters, the way that he writes them, again, they're all different. Not necessarily people I would be friends with in real life, um, except for Joyce. Whoever's (laughs) read this book, Joyce, I would be friends with for sure. But I love the books he writes. I love it because there's always things that I don't see coming. Like you said, it's one of my favorite things about books. Um, is some kind of revelation that you just didn't see coming, but then makes perfect sense when it happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the crew, I love the crew. There's like four main characters. They are my friends now, and I love being with them. I love reading the book. I I get sad halfway through because I know it'll end. <laughs> I don't time. know when he's gonna write another one. Because I, I found this book series, you know, right after he read the fir- or wrote the first one. So I haven't been able to just, like, know I had more. Yeah. I've always been in writing process. So, and at the last, you know, this book, he said that he will continue to write Thursday Murder Club books, but he's oh. going to write something else in the middle. I'm fine with that. I'll read whatever there he There will writes. be more, at um, least. But I love these people, and, and I don't know if I'll ever read another book book like this you know that I will love as much because of the the people they're older senior citizens in a not a nursing home but like a assisted assisted living living, yeah fancy place and I just love it I I've read the first one (laughs) and I absolutely loved it I have the second one I just haven't started it but 
Yes. I feel like it is so, it's so well written and it's, I don't know. I feel like we don't necessarily see much in common with senior citizens as 20s and 30 year olds. And I feel like this book kind of like takes you in to their mindset, their thoughts, their wants, needs. And you're like, you know, we have so much, we're all just people. And like, I just really liked to read a book, you know, with this type of this type group of people, the age group, and you know, where they're living and how they're living. And I don't know, I just, I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would when you told me what it was about. And how this group of senior citizens at an assisted living center has a little murder club. I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And I ended up loving it. I can't wait to to read the the next few. But yeah, that's a good one. No, so wonderful. But well, thank you everyone uh, for listening. Again, you know, we love talking about books. We love finding out what people like to read. So if you have any book recommendations, be sure to message us on Instagram because we are always looking. We have like super long lists of books that we want to read, but yet we are always looking for new books to put on it. So that's all for today. Have a great day, everyone, and a great week. Thanks for joining us. Find us on Instagram at Sisters Surviving Motherhood for podcast updates or to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you have a great week and we'll be back with another episode next Monday.